Are you ready to unlock your full potential, achieve your fitness goals, and transform your mindset for a happier and healthy life? Well, you're in luck because I just reopened the Know Your Power one-on-one coaching program. If you're ready to get real results, personalized workout and nutrition guidance, elevate your mindset, and have the accountability you always wanted, this is the program for you. Oh, also, there's a bonus. You'll be invited to the exclusive Know Your Power community where you can be a part of a sisterhood of other like-minded, powerful women. Click the link in the description to sign up today before enrollment closes. Welcome back to another episode of the Know Your Power podcast. I am your host, Julia Renee. And Kendall Aaliyah. And today, guys, we are going to be talking about the five phrases that are keeping you stuck. This is honestly pertains to everything. It pertains to life and fitness, which also fitness is in life and health is in (laughs) life, but it pertains to everything. But I just know that this is a fit girl podcast, but it literally pertains to so much. So I'm really curious, like what your takes on these phrases are as well. But one of the number one ones first one is I'll be happy when and a lot of these are going to be like fill in the blank so like I'll be I hear this from a lot of people especially people that I work with like one-on-one as clients like I'll be happy when I lose weight Mm -hmm. I'll be happy when I make enough money I'll be happy when I have my dream relationship so the biggest problem with this is like by saying this we are delaying and hinging all of our happiness on some future date some future goals some future event and meanwhile losing valuable time of actually being happy yeah I know that I've done this I've (laughs) I've done it too and similar to you I've I've definitely had almost every client I've worked with said Uh this in one way or another they might have not actually phrased it this way but you know that's kind of how they took it and that's something I do all the time and or did I I would like to think I don't do that anymore or I consciously Oh, you just broke a nail. I broke it off like it completely. Hurt? No, 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 no. Okay. 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 Well, I'm just going to set that right <laughs> here. <laughs> Don't forget it. And Don't lose it. it's one of the pretty ones that oh. has. The, Your nails are really cute. Snowflakes. They're like little snowflakey. <laughs> um, anyway, something that I noticed when I was doing this very often is I would disappoint myself mm-hmm. and be 10 times harder on myself if I didn't get that thing that I'm holding so much value to. Yes. And I think too, we'll go into this a little bit later with one of them, but a lot of it has to do with two holding so much value and emotion on that one specific thing that yeah. also causes you to like crash. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like a sugar high. Mm-hmm. Like I like to think, but I see this happen a lot with bodybuilders, especially like you hear about bodybuilders talking about post-show blues and it's because you put everything so much time, so much energy, so much effort. And it's almost like you're putting that show date on a pedestal. And then when you get to it, it's like, oh my God, like, damn. But meanwhile, you spend the entire four to five months of prep, like being miserable and not happy when you could have been happy the entire time. Yeah. Like if you enjoy the journey, you're going to have a much happier experience, even on that end date, because now Mm -hmm. you looked at every happy and exciting move moment leading up to it. Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying, I'll be happy when I win my show. What if you don't win? Yes. Now what? Like you're, yeah. you're going to fall every time I've done that. And I've set those expectations. I fall into such a deep depression because you're putting so much emphasis on pressure on this one day or this one event or this one moment. Mm-hmm. And like, in reality, that moment doesn't hold anything pertaining to your happiness. You're choosing to give it that title, mm-hmm. I guess. 
That's yeah. true. Like you're choosing to give it that much weight in your life. Yeah. And for me, one thing that I have noticed uh, especially like with bodybuilding, but anytime I use the phrase, like I'll be happy when I win a show mm-hmm. or I'll be happy when I lose weight or make this much money. I put so much emotion and, um, everything that I am into that one date. And then most of the time it's a letdown. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's a letdown because you're like, I'm going to be happy at this exact date and say, it's like, your wedding day or when you lose the 20 pounds or when you compete in the show, you get there and you're like, is that it? Yeah. Even if it's over. Yeah. Even if you get that goal, it usually doesn't live up to that crazy expectation you're giving it. Exactly. And it's like the whole meat of everything that you're working towards is the journey aspect of it. You know, preparation for the wedding, like all of those little steps that go into it, like, the moments like where you're picking out your dress, the moments where you're like inviting your bridesmaids to be your bridesmaids or whatever, like all of those moments. And then you get to the wedding and you're like sad when it's over and it's like, it's depressing. Or when you're a bodybuilder and you're doing all of the hard work that actually leads you to that goal of stepping on stage and you just don't appreciate it when you're there Uh, this happened to me for my first show so I'm curious like when have you used the phrase I'll be happy when I think it's pertained to every show I've competed in (laughs) and it's never I'll be happy when I win I think I just I do I am one of those people where my prep is miserable and I'm okay with that because I'm like the light at the end of the tunnel is that show day. Mm-hmm. So it's not really like I'm, oh, I'll be happy when I compete, but I'm like, all of this misery will be over when I compete. Gotcha. And then your post show and you still have to work and you still have to properly maintain your physique coming out of it and like slowly progress into the next season and whatever that looks like, like the work is never over. So Mm -hmm. putting this like title of the work is done or like I'll be happy when this happens. I feel like every time leads me to that like post-show depression. I get it. I've gotten it on varying degrees. I've had quote unquote, please (laughs) easier post shows where things are a lot more simple and it's easier to get back into a routine, but every single time it affects me mentally. Yeah. There's some sort of like low that happens. I mean, Mm -hmm. people feel this after the holidays even too. Like there's so much like buildup everywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, everywhere that you're going, everywhere, everything that you're listening to that you're seeing is like the holidays, the holidays, the holidays, stress, anxiety, presence, family. And then after it's all gone there's a lot of people that hit like a low point Mm -hmm. because they hit that big high and put all of their emotion to that one date of the holiday or the event whatever it might be and then it's like boom crash I feel like some of it's human nature where of course a big day or an event like a wedding or a show day is gonna hold some weight to it but again I think it's just about like setting up the phrasing in your brain and what you're telling yourself these days are gonna be because yeah I'm definitely one of those people now when I go into things not that I go in with low expectations but even like the last show I did or the last multiple yeah after that first show I I learned to not hold so much weight in my placing I just wanted to step on stage and like Mm -hmm. that was that became what I was tying more happiness to instead of like my placing or it was hard for me in the beginning of social media to not tie like a worth or happiness to like increased numbers or increased engagement and things like that so those were things that in the beginning 
I feel like when most things are new and exciting, you're like, oh, I'm going to be so happy when I get that thing. And over time, as you work for those things, you realize that the happiness is more in the journey and not just that end result. Very true. Because that thing can happen and it's like, okay, wait. Now what? But now now what? That thing is usually only going to last like a day. Like whether it is like getting married or finally finding that partner or competing in a bodybuilding show. It's like, yeah, you found the partner, but now you got to work on the relationship. Now you've had the wedding. Now you have a husband and you know what's happening next, you know? So for me, it was bodybuilding for sure where I, it was my first two shows that it was the worst where I had everything riding on that show day. Mm -hmm. And it was so bad because I got so depressed afterwards because I literally got to the date and I was like, I'll be happy when I compete in my show. I got to the date. I competed in my show. It was so quick. Mm-hmm. It was like the quickest oh, show ever. Shows go by so fast. Now that I've competed in like a couple of shows, I know that I was like, that show was really fast. Like yeah. it happened so quickly. I did the same yeah. show also. Well, a your second yeah. one. I did the same one. Fastest show I've ever done. I literally was like out of there by one o'clock and already eating my post-show meal. And yeah. I was like, wait, what the? Well, f- I feel like during COVID, did you compete in 2020? Is yeah, that, that your- was 2020. Yeah. So I think the show I did in 2021, they still had the same like COVID rules True. for shows. And there wasn't very many people. Yeah, that so it was literally in like the crowd fe- felt small. It was yeah. just everything was like so... Yeah, I could see that one being like especially saddening. Yes, yes, because I'm like, there's going to be a bajillion people there and the lights and the hair and the makeup and it just went so fast. Yeah. And I remember at the end of the day, I was like, oh my God, everything, all of the like hurt and the pain and the stuff that I went through and the the hours on the Stairmaster, like it was gone in Mm -hmm. a day. Mm -hmm. And and then I remember realizing that I don't even really remember what happened on my show day because I put so much value on this one day that I wasn't even present. So the gift is really in that journey. So don't delay your happiness for that future goal or that event because you can be happy right now Mm -hmm. in all of the things that you're doing in preparation for that event. So that's the best advice I can give you is be more present in the journey. Yeah. I did that and implemented that this year, even though I didn't compete in a show, but I didn't have that when I, when I decided that I wasn't going to compete, I wasn't like depressed. I didn't fall into like, Oh my God, like what am I going to do? Because I was more present. Yeah. That's a hard decision to make. And every time I've either changed show dates or pulled out, it is really challenging and you did handle it really well this year. So I just was like, I didn't have my whole life riding on that moment this year. Yeah. Of course it was still like, ah, that's a bummer. But if that would have happened to me before, like when my my first show was actually canceled that I was supposed to do, it was three weeks out from my show. I was like lost. I didn't know what to do, fell into like depression. Then COVID hit, I had no gym. And all of my self-worth was riding on that one moment and growth. Now I was just like, all right, let's pivot. Yeah, this is a huge one. I've also been working on a lot in the last year and I still do it on micro levels where I might not, voice I'll be happy when but in my head I'm like 
oh, but you need to get to that one thing or else you like almost don't deserve this level of happiness. And that's something I had to sit down and be honest with myself and kind of rewire my way of thinking. And it it just makes you so much happier day to day to not be so obsessed with this Mm -hmm. one goal or event or time or something. Like if you just enjoy the process, I like promise you life becomes a lot less stressful. (laughs) It's very true. It is very true. Um, number two is this is the last time dot, dot, dot. First of all, if you are saying this is the last time that should be a huge red flag to you that you are not in alignment with who you want to be Mm -hmm. whatsoever. So uh, one of the examples, like this is the last time I'm going to, you know, go out drinking or something. This is the last time that I'm going to binge eat. This is the last time that I'm going to fall off plan. That is your gut and your intuition telling you that you shouldn't be doing that thing. Yeah. Why have a last time? Why yeah. not just not do it yeah, now? <laughs> yeah. Like what's the point of being like, ah, oh, but this last, this last hurrah, you know? Yeah. I mean, like you never hear people saying this is the last time that I go to the gym and eat healthy. That's the yeah. last time I do that thing. You hear people saying usually like, that's the last time I spend a week out weekend out drinking. This is the last time that I eat that meal that makes me feel like crap. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a huge sign that something that you're doing, whether, and you probably are listening to this and you know what that one thing is. We all have something. Yeah. You that know? you've said like, oh, that's the last time I'm doing that it's your, your intuition is like, girl, stop doing that. It's not good for you. It's not healthy. It doesn't make you feel good. Ultimately Mm -hmm. it might momentarily, but then afterwards you're like, I wasn't fucking worth it. Same thing where it's like a small, we make decisions off these small momentary feelings that affect us more long-term than we think. So you never hear anybody saying like, it's the last time I go to the gym. Yeah. That's, that was, I mean, maybe, (laughs) maybe (laughs) not a good example though, but yeah, I'm very much so it took me a long time. And I talked about this a little bit when I was talking about binge eating on YouTube recently, where for a long time, I knew I needed to get better. Yeah. My, my example was binge eating. (laughs) Yeah. I knew I needed to get better. And every time I would binge, I'd be like, okay, but like literally in the moment, I remember saying to myself, this is the last time I'm going to do this. And I, in doing that, I was again, it was almost like that set up self-sabotage, like not being prepared for war type of feeling where why, why was I so aware and telling myself that I know I shouldn't be doing this. I know I need to get better. I know this is my last time doing this, which we all know was a lie to myself. Um, not saying everyone's is a lie, but I said it, I had said, this is my last time multiple times. And I think that's an even bigger red flag. And it just came to okay, then don't do it. Don't do it right now. Like why have a last moment of feeling crappy about yourself? Like why not just take that red flag and be like, okay, this is my chance to make a decision and not do this thing for the first time. Yeah. It's my chance to break the pattern. Yeah. It's almost like this saying, this is the last time is it's a negotiation tactic with yourself. And most of the time, if we're like negotiating with ourselves for way too long, we shouldn't do the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we negotiate whether we should snooze. We negotiate whether we should eat healthy. Yeah. We negotiate whether we should like binge eat again. If we're negotiating with ourselves and trying to trick our brain into doing something else, then most of the time it's like the answer is a lot simpler than we think. I even do this on like a smaller level with, I was just telling you, I go to sleep at 2 a.m. recently mm-hmm. and every night I'm like, oh, tomorrow I need to start. Yeah. Tomorrow I'll go to bed a little earlier tomorrow. Like, how about you just go to sleep right now? Then you crazy psycho girl. (laughs) And most of the time too, where with the negotiating, you 
almost saying the phrase, this is the last time, it makes you feel better and it makes you feel like you're actually progressing yeah. and getting better yeah. because you're like, but it's okay because I, I this can be the last time because I already promised yeah. that tomorrow I'm not going to do it. So it's okay. Yeah. That's another way that we trick our brains. Like we're so good sense. at tricking ourselves. Like it's insane. Oh, I'm great at it. <laughs> yeah. For me, I use this phrase a lot with binge eating. I would say like, this is the last time I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And I said, this is the last time a million times. And yeah. I know for Zach who struggled with, um, porn addiction for 12, 15 years, uh, he would always say that this is the last time I do this, this is the last time I do this. Yeah. So think about something right now in your life that you're saying this is the last time because that's your gut telling you that you're not in alignment with who you ultimately want to be. Yes. Um, number three is this always happens to me. Oh, my God. Like, what? That dang victim mindset. <laughs> That's that victim mentality, bro, spewing out your mouth. And look, like, I know that there's, with some of these things, like, there's definitely certain cases where it's like, that sucks. Like, really, mm -hmm. that does suck. But ultimately, whatever you believe in, like, God, Mother Earth, um, Will Ferrell, I don't know. <laughs> That's my The God. universe. That's my God, Will Ferrell. <laughs> What a That's hilarious God. thing for you to just think I of. don't know. Oh, you know why? I was listening to a podcast this morning and they were talking about Will Ferrell. So he's the first person that popped into my Makes mind. Makes sense. I don't know why. Um, actually, I know exactly why. Anyways, so whatever it is, like, do you really think that that thing is up there like, yeah, I'm really going to punish Kendall. I'm going to make sure yeah. her life is terrible. Just me. I'm going to give her only a really difficult and hard time because she deserves it. I really don't think that's the case unless mm -hmm. maybe you are a bad, really bad person. And I do believe karma, in karma. Karma I will, will get you. Karma's going to get you. But what I, the reason that I'm saying that is because when people say this always happens to me, I've done this plenty of times, plenty of times, and I'm not um, immune to it. But when we say that, it ultimately puts us in a victim mentality. Like, this only happens to me, you know, poor me, and it perpetuates the pattern. It's just about focusing on the good instead of focusing on that, like, poor me mindset with yeah. everything. Because, yes, we all get crappy situations that happen in yes. bad circumstances and things that happen to us that are out of our control. What we have control of is how we react to those things. A hundred percent. And there's that, um, accountability that's taken for what role do I play in this same thing always happening to me mm -hmm. all the time? Because the reason that these things keep happening to us is because we're creating the problem. We're 100% responsible. And if we are the powerful creator of our reality and our experiences, then really, oh my God, there's a puffy. I see it. <laughs> this behavior is a mapped behavior. And it could be a mapped process as well, like a mapped behavior, a thought process, or even like an emotion that we attach to the experience mm -hmm. in our subconscious. So what happens is that, if we don't align ourselves with our conscious intentions, then our subconscious will dictate what our behavior is. Mm -hmm. Now we have given our subconscious permission to create the same pattern. So one of the examples that I like to use for this is like the, it always happens to me. I always date like the same guy. 
I always date the same guy. Um, it always happens to me. Mm-hmm. So I went through a phase of I was dating the same kind of guy. And I could, I probably did uh, during that time be like, why is this always happening to me? Yeah. Like, why are all these guys crap? It's because subconsciously I am mapping the behavior of dating this same guy and accepting this type of treatment and not putting boundaries up. So that was me taking accountability for dating the same type of guy. I was in the same boat as you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, obviously what they're doing is crap. Like they're being crap people, you know, and you don't deserve to be treated like that. I get that. That's a hundred percent correct, but also taking accountability and like, well, where, what role do I play in this? Well, I'm accepting to be talked to like this. Yep. I am not putting up any boundaries in our relationship. So this person thinks that they could treat me however they want to treat me. So, and you're also choosing to stay there in your, as to impossible stay there. as it feels a lot of the time, it is never too late to get out of a relationship, especially if you're being mistreated. I, I know every circumstance is different, but yeah. if you're able to take that step out, take that step out for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of breaking that cycle of being like, this always happens to me. Like, no, I'm deciding this isn't going to happen to me moving forward. Exactly. We can change the trajectory of our life and make a different decision than we have before. You know, maybe instead when in the past, you've seen all these red flags in this relationship and you just ignore them. Maybe this time it's like you see one or two of these and you're like, oh, I know where this is going. If like, I see jealousy st- now, I'm out. We're st- Yeah. Because I know how bad and that you can know get. where it can get. Yeah. 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 That's very true. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, that's a really big one. So number four is no matter what I do, Mm. and this can be like, no matter what I do, I can't lose weight. No matter what I do, I, um, can't find the right partner. No matter what I do, um, I don't need, I can't think of anything else. Those are good examples. (laughs) This is also victim mentality because I hear this a lot with clients, like, the biggest one that I hear is no matter what I do, I can't lose weight. Like I'm very empathetic to people that actually, they truly do struggle with losing weight and have health conditions to where it makes them harder. I a hundred percent get that, but that is actually very rare. Mm -hmm. It is very rare that someone actually has a health reason why they can't lose weight. More commonly, you're just not being as consistent or on point as you think you are. More commonly, it's you're not being consistent. You don't have healthy habits. You don't have accurate nutrition and accurate is a big word. Mm -hmm. And you're not focusing on calories in, calories out. So it's a lot of education and nutrition and habits and consistency. And when people tell me that, especially if I have like a call with someone who wants to do one-on-one coaching my question to them when they say this is like well what have you tried Mm -hmm. and maybe they'll name like a bunch of things that they have tried before like I've tried being vegan I've tried fasting I've tried keto Mm -hmm. I've tried if it fits your macros and then my next question is that okay well how long have you consistently done those things yeah and then that's like oh well I tried working out for like a like two weeks and then I didn't see any muscle. So I stopped or I, um, started fasting and you know, it just wasn't working. And then, um, I quit. There's the consistency aspect. A lot of reaching your goal, especially with the example of losing weight is being consistent for a long period of time. I have a good example with this one in my own life with growing into the wellness division. I was someone like I'm, I'm tall for a competitor. No matter what I do, (laughs) I can't put on muscle. I always put on muscle easily, but I always told myself no matter what I do, I could never have quads like those girls because I fully convinced myself. No matter what I do, I can't get as shredded as them. See, so it's something that like, 
at the end of the day, yeah, if I worked hard enough, I could get quads like those girls, mm -hmm. you know? And I just was trying to find excuses of, oh, my genetics don't play into that. Yeah. I could never look like that. That will never be me. And it's like, no, I took two years off and tried growing as hard as I could with my lower body. And I did put on like a good yeah. four inches of muscle on my quads. But why? Because I wanted it. Yeah, because you wanted it. <laughs> yeah. You were consistent. You were focused. You were you were checking all of the boxes. Mm -hmm. So this is another form of taking accountability for using this phrase, like, no matter what, I can't build muscle. No matter what, I can't get shredded. Just taking raw accountability for most things in your life can really give you a lot of answers. Mm -hmm. You know, even if the circumstance is like 100% that other person's fault, but th thinking of like, well, what role did I play in this? Mm -hmm. I did this a lot when Zach and I broke up because there's a period of time where I was like, it's all his fault. Mm -hmm. He's the one that did it. And it's so easy to point the finger at, I can't build muscle because of my genetics. I can't lose weight because of X. I can't find a relationship because of Y. It's way easier to point the finger at somebody else than take accountability for your part yep. in what happened. So in my relationship with Zach, I did that for a while. I was pointing the finger at him being like, it's your fault, you did everything wrong. And then when I took raw accountability, like what, well, where did I go wrong? I get tunnel vision when I'm in prep and mm -hmm. I forget that anybody else exists. And I have a partner that needs love. He needs attention. Yeah. He needs me to know that I'm there for him and I care for him. I wasn't doing that. That's not nice of a partner. I can be better at that. So that was one thing that I realized was a part of me that I needed to work on in that. And I didn't have to just blame everybody else around me. Yeah. So think about that thing in your life that you have right now that you're like, no matter what I do, I can't do this. Yeah. No matter what I do, think about the other avenues in which you can try. And Have you hired a coach? Are yeah. you actually consistent with your nutrition? Do you track your progress in the gym? Are you setting boundaries in your relationships? No matter what I do, I can't make money. Are you saving? Do you have a budget? There are so many other reasons that that thing could be happening that you're ignoring. Yeah. And try to take that same phrase that you keep telling yourself you can't do something or no matter what you do, I can't say no matter what I do, I can do this yeah. and just see how that can change it. Just honestly rephrasing in your own brain can yes. change your perspective on something like I, one of my favorite quotes is like, what would you do if success was guaranteed? So go into everything you want and everything you're claiming you can't do because of all these other factors and just say, what if I could do this thing? What would that look like? And then just try. It never hurts to try to go after the goals that you're after instead of, yeah, playing the the victim side of it and being like, oh, but that could never be me and that that could never happen for me and it's so very on. True. I'm actually going to read a quote from um, a book that I'm reading because one of my goals this year was to read more. So we doing that. And it's literally, okay, what does it say? It says their fear to go forward makes them simply stay where they are. So it's such, it's, that's such a simple phrase, mm -hmm. but our fear of well, if I go after this thing, what if this happens? What if this happens? What will people think? It stays you, it, it keeps you stuck. It keeps you right where you are. Mm -hmm. If you listen to what other people are saying, because once we figure out what we want in life, most humans, me included, the first thing that you think about is why it will not happen. All the reasons, excuses, and circumstances of why this thing can't happen versus thinking about the goal and thinking all the reasons why it can happen. Mm -hmm. 
And see, we have the can and we have the can't. And this goes into the next one because these words are so powerful. And the next one is that won't slash doesn't work for me. So I just want you to think about the words that we've used in these negative phrases so far. We have thought about, we've said won't, we've said doesn't, we've said can't, we've said never, we've said always. These are such strong words. I can't do this. I never will do this. I always do this. These are really strong words Mm -hmm. that have really big meaning and they're very powerful. Even if you're just saying them in your head, they're powerful. They're two, three times more powerful if you say them out loud. I was going to say, sometimes we say things like this in conversation without realizing just how detrimental we're being to like our own view of ourselves. because Mm -hmm. I'm one that like all the time I'd be like, oh, but that doesn't do this or that won't do this for me. And like, those might seem so casual to throw into a conversation, but by voicing that to other people, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, makes it so much stronger of like, now you're telling these people that those things won't work for you. Yeah. You're all, you're spreading it. Like you're spreading it like a disease. Yeah. (laughs) One thing that I've been doing to myself and it's kind of like, I get, I don't know. It's not weird for me, but it might be uncomfortable for you to do if you ever want to try this. But if I'm speaking and I say something that I catch this not in alignment, for example, the other day I said, I have to do the blah, blah, blah. And I didn't like that phrase that came out of my mouth. So I just said it again. And I said, I get to do blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I was actually talking to somebody on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I re- I corrected myself with what I actually meant because my subconscious was like, I have to do this thing. And then I became conscious that that's not actually how I feel about that. I love doing this thing. So I said, I get to do this thing. So if you are speaking with people, don't be afraid to just correct yourself and be like, nope, what I actually meant was this because what you speak out into existence and what you say to yourself is so important. So correct that shit immediately and it'll become a habit and you won't say it anymore. I literally did this last episode where I was talking about how, oh, well, I don't want to go to sleep early. And I said, I like kind of backtracked really fast. And I said, at the time I didn't, but now I do, you know? So it's just about like correcting yourself because something might even seem true or feel true, but if you keep speaking it, you're never going to change. Yeah. It's really big. And it seems so small to like correct one single word, but that single word has so much power. And if it didn't have power, you'd already be that thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's something to think about. (laughs) Um, A lot of times when someone tells me that something doesn't work for them or, um, Maybe it's even like trying a certain workout or nutrition or um, going to sleep early or drinking water or um, doing something for their mental health. Oh, that doesn't work for me. No, Mm -hmm. that doesn't work for me. I tried that. It doesn't work for me. Meditation's a big one. Me, I do that too. Uh I do too. Yeah. I say, well, oh, meditation doesn't work for me. Yeah. And I know that I'm lying to myself. I know that I am. And that's one of my goals this year is to meditate. So I'm having to like force myself to do it. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what the results are later. <laughs> but I know that <laughs> meditation is one of those things. It's like, it most likely works for everybody. There's yeah. definitely things that like don't work for some people. Like I know, for example, some people thrive off of keto. Mm-hmm. And I know for... um certain that there's a lot of people that do not thrive off of keto. Mm -hmm. You know, all of us have different body types, but when we do that, most of the time it's because we've given it the old college go instead of actually trying that thing. Yeah. So I did this a lot with my fitness journey where I was like, I tried being pescatarian. I tried being vegan. Uh I tried fasting. I did all of the things. And there was some that I was like, 
nah, it just doesn't work for me. And I didn't even like give it a good try. And then there was some where I was like, I'm going to give this a really good shot because I want to know if my body responds well to this. And some of the times they really didn't work for me. It actually made me feel a lot worse. Yeah. So think about that thing that you have been saying, oh no, that doesn't work. You're just, you're just blowing it off. Yeah. As someone like me now who I'm a hundred percent gluten-free and like really, really anal about it. Mm-hmm. I have some clients that will tell me that they have, um, clients and family members and friends, like not just people I work with, just people in general. Cause they know I'm gluten-free will tell me, Oh, I took a blood test once and it told me that I'm intolerant, but like, I just love eating X, Y, and Z. And like, there, like there's no way that a gluten-free diet could work for me. Like mm-hmm. it wouldn't work with my lifestyle. And I'm, I try to stress them how much better they will feel if they actually stuck with it. Because it took me a good month, but when I found out I was highly allergic, when I cut it out in that first month, everything in my life changed. Like my skin changed, my bloating changed, my inflammation changed, my brain fog changed. Like I just felt so much better and I want that for other people. And if you're you're not used to feeling that crappy way. Yeah. So if you're used to feeling like crap, then you're like, I always feel like crap. <laughs> yeah. But you don't realize it's so bad until yep. you get out of that fog and move into something that's healthy. And you're like, it's almost like this is, I can show you the world. <laughs> Literally. Because I knew I was gluten intolerant for a good year before I knew how serious it was and how much I actually needed to completely cut it out. And in that year, I would try try fake try there's also um, people that pretend to be gluten free but they're not <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> like, so i know people that pretend to be vegan and i'm like i just watched you eat fish yeah. like you're not vegan it's almost like cool to be gluten free now yeah. instead yeah, of it's I like it. i have two of my closest people in my life kendall and ian are seriously like they have to be gluten free yeah and then there's like a lot of people that are just like on tiktok and they're like yeah i'm gluten free i'm like but <laughs> Why? Yeah. I feel like if you also, you if, you, yeah, <laughs> if you don't have a reasoning, it's hard it's like, to stick with it. Um, but for so long, I would still have gluten here and there. Like most of my refeed or cheat meals was like pizza and yeah. I felt awful every single time. And I bet it was even worse because for one, you kind of already like generally feel bad when you eat something off plan when yeah. you're super strict in bodybuilding. But yeah. for you, it was probably doubles. Oh, I literally remember just being like a swollen ball of a human. So oh that's just one of those things where like I was telling myself for a while of like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm trying to be gluten free, but like, it's not really working for me. And it's because I wasn't actually being gluten free. I wasn't trying. actually tracking everything. Exactly. Trying exactly. is different than doing. Yep. Trying is different than doing. Period. Period. That could be its, its own. It's also another phrase like, I'm trying to do this. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be better. Just, just be just better. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I'm talking to myself here. I'm not yelling at you guys because I'm like, you need to be better. I'm talking to myself. Like, yeah. I do this all the time. I'm like, I'm going to try to meditate. I'm going to just try it. Yeah. It's like, no, just do it. That was me with YouTube. <laughs> and I kept saying like, oh yeah, I'm going to like try YouTube or like, I'm going to try to like yeah. post consistently on YouTube or it's like, okay, just pick up the damn camera then. Yeah. Like just be a YouTuber. Yeah. I don't care if you're a YouTuber with zero followers, you're being a YouTuber and you're holding yourself to that thing that you keep saying you're trying or wanting to do. Yeah. Get it. Get it. So what we have learned from this episode, I'm giving like the little finger up, (laughs) is that these are the phrases that we're not going to say anymore. Okay. We got to fit. And this goes for us too. Okay. We're not just yelling at you. Like I still do a lot of these on a regular and I have to catch myself and reword things myself. The other day I was talking to one of my good friends, Liv, and Mm -hmm. uh, she's been on the podcast. You guys have heard her. We also need to have her on again because she's amazing. Um, 
we were talking about social media is just our diary. And I was telling her, I was like, 100%. I was like, every time I do a post about something, some mindset thing, something, I'm talking to myself. Oh, it's yeah. literally something that I'm currently struggling with myself and I need to give myself grace on or I need to, you know, uh, like a kick in the ass or whatever it might be. I'm always talking to myself when I say these things. Mm-hmm. That's I'm, I'm ne- We're never like talking at you. <laughs> like never. you don't do this thing. I mean, sometimes I do yeah. because sometimes we all need a kick in the pants, but this is like what the podcast is about. It's like us sharing things that we currently do that we're trying to work through or that we have worked well, through. Well, I just also want the people around me and even the people like listening and in our community to be better than me like I want to see you all thrive so if I struggle with something I'm gonna voice it so that you know not to do that thing yeah and I like a hundred percent will have clients or girls in the community or people on YouTube when I like they'll catch me like say something that's out of alignment and they'll like call me out in the comments, not meanly, but they'll be like, Julia, remember how powerful you are. I need that just as much as like, we do that for you guys. So, and I love that because that's what we're here for. We're here to like bring all everybody up. Yeah. Everybody can go higher. We can all go higher. So things that we will not say anymore going into 2024. Wait, we're already in 2024. Things (laughs) for the rest, for the rest of 2024, no more I'll be happy when no more hinging all your happiness on a date, a physique goal, a relationship, money. You be happy now. Okay. Mm -hmm. You just be happy right now. I know it's easier said than done. I I get that. Number two is this is the last time. Remember that if you're saying that this is the last time for something, you're not in alignment with who you set out to be in the world. Number three is this always happens to me. I'm such a victim. Everything happens to me and nobody else. And I'm the queen of the universe. This is me, 100%. I'm always like, if it's happening, there's a reason. reason. (laughs) Number four, no matter what I do, blah, 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 blah. Think about what else you can be doing to progress in that thing. This is where you take extreme accountability for like, no matter what I do, I can't lose weight. Okay. If you are 100, like if you're on it, you should be losing weight. Like mm-hmm. if everything is like check, 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 you should be losing weight. Number five is that won't slash doesn't work for me. It's a very close-minded way of thinking. We get like that there are some things that just like, no nah, fam, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, like me smoking weed. No, that don't work for me. Yeah. That doesn't work for me. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> but give it give it a chance. Don't give it the, the old college try. Maybe not the weed thing, but. No, <laughs> <laughs> Give weed a real <laughs> Never chance. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Mom's listening to this and she's shaking her head right now. <laughs> you just haven't tried it She's going to text me and be like, quit telling your followers to smoke weed. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, this is more Other so things. like, don't give it just a little like, I'm going to dip my toe in it. Yeah. Like, like really g- try it. Commit really to something. Commit. Give it all you got and you will be surprised by the results. So mm-hmm. we hope that you... Love this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And as always, we love you all so much and you're more powerful than you think. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Know Your Power podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend. And if you feel we deserved it, rate and review the show. Also, if you have any questions or topic ideas, feel free to shoot us an email at knowyourpowerpodcast at gmail.com. Bye.